All right. Hello and welcome back, everyone. This is Ben Churiboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexo, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast. I am very, very excited to be speaking to Raya Blakely-Glover today on the podcast. Raya, how are you? I am doing really well, Ben. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So today we are going to talk with Raya about a myriad of things, including client-facing business development teams. I'm very, very excited to talk about this. Um, um, We've spoken about this many times before, but uh, I think the first time we actually did, and we'll get to your background in a a second, um, let everybody know um, the wonderful work that you're doing at your firm. But, you know, the first time I I heard about this was when you were receiving an award at Lasso about, not a year ago, but like maybe nine months ago. So um, it's really, really exciting. And whenever I saw you receive that award, you know, I think that there was a palpable energy in the room because a lot of people, a lot of your peers were, you know, really looking at you and saying client facing BD teams are kind of like the next thing, the next evolution of what we're talking about. But, um, you know, the question is, we're going to dive into that, but how did you do it? I think that's what everybody's going to go. No, we're going to get to that in a second, but that's, that's the exciting thing. So why don't we start a little bit with your background? Tell us a little bit about who you are. You and I share many things. We were both litigators in our previous life. We're now both in the business of law. So um, yeah, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure, that sounds good. And I also remember meeting you right after that, right? And we had such an enthusiastic um, conversation about client-facing BD. And I think we knew we were like-minded souls at that point. So very, very happy to chat with you about one of my favorite subjects. Um, So I'm originally from the US. I am from New Jersey. I did the law school and big law thing. And I was a corporate litigator in New York. And I really just didn't have the passion that I couldn't see myself doing that um, for a long career, but I loved working with clients. And when I really thought about how can I keep this legal background, but do something that I love working with clients and, and helping the firm that I was with to win work felt like the natural evolution. So I am now a happily reformed lawyer. I have not looked back. Um, I did have to go back to the beginning and start at a fairly entry-level MBD position to learn the ropes with the US firm. And that was a really, really good thing to understand what traditional law firm business development and marketing does. Um, And after a few years with that firm, I had the opportunity to move to the UK and to move to London with my family. And I had the opportunity to join the firm I'm at now, which is Bird and Bird. And I joined to originally look after their US business development. And over the nearly nine years that I've been there, that role has turned into leading the client-facing business development team. So currently, I'm the global head of business development for markets and business relationships, which is a very long-winded way of getting around the sales word. Um, But essentially, I look after the sales side of our business development function. Do you want me to talk a little bit about how that came about, or are we going to get to that in a bit? We, uh, we, let's jump into that right now, you know, but actually, before you do, I actually have a question, you know, because you've been at the firm for nine years, which, you know, for, for some people, um, it seems like in the in the world of, of BD and marketing, specifically within law firms, it seems like there's one of two tracks. One, it's, you know, a, a brief sort of stint. And then sometimes it's very, very long tenures at, at sort of like firms. Your nine years, nine years is, is a really long time. But what I'm most more interested in is you've had an incredible evolution from um, 
from where sort of the firm was. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the business development uh, and sort of the structure of business development nine years ago when sort of you entered? And then I think that'll set sort of like a good ground in terms of where we're at today. So yeah, take us back. Uh, I love sure. a good story. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was funny. It was a little bit fateful because we were moving back to the UK. My husband is from the UK and we were moving back here for family reasons. But I really had just made this big career transition and I was feeling very anxious about, you know, will I be able to do that there? And, and we were looking, just started to look at a couple of jobs and we saw that Bird and Bird was looking for somebody to do their US business development. And they particularly liked the idea of a US qualified lawyer doing that. So that was a great, it felt like it was tailor-made for me. And I think the fact that they were even looking for that role, so it, it just speaks to Bird & Bird is a very innovative firm. So in our DNA, we love to work with clients who are either in the technology sector or working within how technology impacts other sectors. So it's a very forward-thinking firm. And they I think the, their approach to business development, even the fact that then they were looking for somebody to look after the US market, but from London. So the firm is slightly unique among others of its size in that it doesn't practice US law. So we have a sales office in the in San Francisco, a rep office, and we can talk about that a little bit later and how that came about. But originally, my role was to help develop our client relationships in the US market. So when I joined, I think it was about 25%, so about a quarter of our relationships were with US headquartered companies, but we, we didn't really have a cohesive MBD program with the US. Um, we had important relationships with some key multipliers. And our firm has always relied on relationships with other law firms as well um, in jurisdictions where we don't practice law. So when I came on board, it was a really interesting role of kind of gathering those relationships and bringing about almost a client account management approach to some of those relationships. We had some multiplier relationships. So for example, Bird & Bird is an advanced law firm. So managing some of those relationships. We had lots of lawyers traveling to the US. Uh, it was very sporadic and not necessarily coordinated. So getting my hands around that, <laughs> trying to do a little bit more pre-planning, a little bit more coordination, introducing some of the concepts like ROI and, and tracking that follow-up. Um, and within probably, I would say two years, I think our approach to the US, it coincided with the firm being ready to, to take its own next steps in the US market. So I was involved in helping put the business case together for having the representative office in San Francisco. And that office is a, is a great platform for legal sales because it is bird and bird lawyers who are not practicing US law, but they are there to sell our firm to US headquartered clients. Right. And it, we also have a client facing business development person in that office. Um, so it that sort of kickstarted me thinking at Bird and Bird that this right. might be something they would be up for. Yeah. As I said, they're they're quite innovative. Innovative. Mm -hmm. I always struggle on that word. They are innovative. Yeah. <laughs> I sound English now, don't I? Um, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do innovative. Innovative. Of course, I'm like here in the U.S. So I'm thinking innovation. Or innovation, innovation. Innovation. Exactly. But let's go with. If I start sounding English, you need to yell at me. I'm from New Jersey. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I love it. We can do both at the same time. We can do both at the same time. Yeah, go we'll, say, we'll sort it out, which is right. English. So, um, so yeah, we. I think the fact that they were even thinking that they should have an approach to to a market and a market where they weren't practicing, um, and they have other people within the team, and they had that when I joined, who were looking at. At, um, strategic markets for the firm, 
we had people who were aligned on sort of practice and sector business development. So I would say a typical approach, although in the US market, you still tend to have it more on practice group lines. And Bird and Bird was one of the first firms to really pursue a sector approach. So we also have the BD team aligned to, to sectors. Um, I think one of the other interesting things that happened in those first two years while I was looking at the US is that another colleague of mine grouped a lot of the rest of the world relationships together and mm. branded that program is what is now called Bird and Bird Plus. So again, having a cohesive offering we could offer to clients of really trusted relationships in other jurisdictions that in many cases are, are BD led. Um, so we try to be very proactive and make sure we've got great contacts in those firms and they can be very reciprocal. So it works both ways. So lots of data sharing, lots of referral sharing, but also lots of conversations to make sure that the service that our clients get when they use those other firms are is consistent with the service they'd expect from Bird and Bird. So the evolution of that program also started tickling my brain a little bit about this approach that we could have. And working with some of the multipliers, so not just advanced law, but others that were maybe a little bit less formally set up, but where the partners were really happy for BD to have regular client contacts with these multipliers who maybe could be clients, but really weren't. Really, it was about how who could they introduce us to. So were there opportunities, for example, in the public procurement space or in a particular industry that we would not be able to get on our own? And we saw that that proactive BD-led approach really worked. So yeah, I mean, I think it, it ended up that where the team was, I ended up in a position um, where I was looking at what's next for me. So the US team was sort of chugging along. I had moved up in, in sort of management responsibility and I was looking out across the business and thought, I think this is something we could probably do. And also meeting the community of people at Lasso and at the legal sales and service organization, which you mentioned before, and others doing this, it really inspired me. So I hadn't really thought I could go for it, but kind of meeting people doing this already at some of the U.S. firms um, was was just really inspiring. So I wrote a business plan. My my fantastic CMO was very supportive. We took it to management and said, you know, this is what we we think we want to do. I think the fact that initially we didn't ask for additional headcount or, or budget <laughs> helped because uh, it was a little bit of what do you have to lose. Um, and really, I think the structure of what we proposed, it, it comes down to two things. So one is the client-facing business development side in which the BD team members alongside our lawyers, and that's a key point for us. So this is not sort of an independent sales force. So alongside our lawyers, um, they in strategic markets and with multipliers, they help to win work. So they are out there bringing in leads. They are actively pitching. They are cross-selling. Um, across sector lines in different jurisdictions. So that's sort of the, the one pillar. And the second is to really embed and promote a sales culture in the firm more widely. Because obviously if you do that, they're much more accepting of the activity undertaken sort of in the, in the first pillar. So on that side, we were looking at tracking more of our opportunities. And obviously we've talked to you guys about this a couple of times, really trying to track that BD pipeline, which for a law firm is, is very difficult, sharing successes both from the BD team, but also with the lawyers about their sell, their sales efforts, um, leading on sales training. So getting much, much more involved in that. 
um, which I think positions the BD team, both it helps upskill them and keeps their own skills fresh, but it also really positions them with the lawyers that they work with as subject matter experts, which is really helpful. So those are our two pillars. That's been going on for about two years now. Um, so there we are. That's there we are. The, that's the, the origin story. <laughs> wow, I love it. You know, every great hero story obviously has starts with an origin story, right? Um, you meet the hero, they're in a certain place in time, and of course they're called to, to do something, called to leave the, um, leave the grotto, uh, take the ring to the top of the mountain. Who Pick your, pick your favorite story, right? Uh, something happens to them, they get super magic powers, and then they meet all these things. You know, I want to, I just want to double click. There was so much in there and damn, that, that was basically the podcast right there. Incredible. <laughs> but like, um, you know, there was so much in there, but what I, what I sort of wanted to double click on is the idea that, you know, go back to the idea on San Francisco. And what I sort of took was this was the seed that kind of allowed for this entire thing to grow. If I was picking up and, and really paying attention, which, which I hope um, I was, what I heard was they saw the fact that and they being the management stakeholders etc saw the fact that within the context of client facing sorry relationship partner facing um, uh, activities proactive business development even just with referral partners within the united states really had this um this this multiplier effect or this kind of knock-on effect so you know first of all i hope that that's the right way to characterize that and you sort of place that as the foundation for moving forward um, but maybe, you know, and then the question is, is from there, how did you kind of roll that in, in terms of making the business case and say like, listen, there's something important that's happening here within this dynamic around proactive business development. And of course, this has now spawned into the two pillars that you described, but can you kind of take us from there to the next thing, just from the perspective of making the business case, how did you, how did you pitch it? I mean, you're a salesperson, you know, yeah. great. But how did you pitch it in terms of ROI? How did you pitch it in terms of culture? How did you pitch it in terms of how did you package up? I think that that would be good. And then we'll get into the actual, the current manifestation of the program. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to hear this part of it. Well, I think you have picked up on the right okay. thread, right? I absolutely think we were able to point to how things were working on the ground in, in the market, in the US market with our San Francisco team to show an example of how this could work more widely. And I think that's really important because yeah. it, it's all fine to say in a, you know, in a theoretical sense, sure. wouldn't it be great if, yeah, that's right. but lawyers spot risk sure. for a living. They, yeah. they need and to, evidence, they, you know? and that's evidence, right. show me the, show me the evidence. Right. Because as I mentioned at the start, the U S is a really important market for us. So I think it wasn't just management that saw what was happening in San Francisco. There were really all eyes of the firm on San Francisco and the, uh -huh. the partners that were out there were absolutely incredible business developers. And I say that in the sense of the, the most sort of collaborative doing it for the firm, really helping to make connections for others. So acting as agents, acting as connectors, really demonstrating that best practice. So people were also seeing their yeah, right. more U S client connections, um, particularly in some of the sectors that, San Francisco is sort of known for that happen to be the ones Bird and Bird are known for. So, so I think a lot of those wins started to to stack up and we could base the business case on that. Mm -hmm. And I think right. almost in a way being able to say, yes, there's a business development person who's client facing, but let's see how the partners are behaving. So they're doing very little billable time. 
the vast majority of their time is spent doing BD. So we can't necessarily expect that from the rest of the partnership. But if we have this BD team and we have them in the practice and sector pods, we have them managing some other relationships and we have them in each of our jurisdictions. If we could bring some of them together who are the right people for the sort of right business reasons, and we could train them up to do this and, and bring that value, you know, what could the firm expect? So we did, I think, Originally, we had a few people that did kind of have a knack for this. And as I mentioned, we didn't ask for, we didn't have any additional headcount. But through natural attrition, when we had roles come up, we always sort of looked at, is this an opportunity to infuse a more sales-oriented approach? So, for example, we we had an opportunity for, for BD on the corporate side. And we looked to industry for the first time. So we looked to people so who had connections in, you know, hedge funds and in private equity funds. And yeah. these people were business developers who were working with clients all the time. And it was it was really, really interesting having some of uh, some people with those backgrounds join the firm. I think what we gained in terms of new ways of thinking, getting out of law firms do it this way. Um yes, and right. and having more I of a results <laughs> yeah yeah having more <laughs> of a results culture i think really people could see quite quickly what they were willing to do that worked really well the slight risk there is that it's very hard for people not used to the law firm ecosystem to to mm. adapt to law firm culture it's a unique beast and and that mm. can obviously be difficult so i think in some instances that worked quite well and for some people that was that was harder to get over so i think taking those small successes, packaging it up to say, you know, we're not going to totally replace the business development function. Again, we're not trying to completely blow up the rule book here, but we are going to take, so originally I took a couple of markets, a couple of multiplier relationships, the pitch team, because obviously that is our go-to-market messaging and strategy, and then um, corporate and employment. So just two practices who have wonderful and supportive heads of practice you know, had to go to them and say, I think we could make a go of this. And they were willing to to try it. So initially, it was a little bit of a, we don't actually have proof points of what this might look like, but we think it's a good idea. I do think it helped that the market was starting to change at that point, And we were able to point to competitors doing this, not quite this way. Um, some competitors have de- having dedicated sales teams, others having rep offices with client-facing business development people, other things like that. But obviously getting a little bit of that look, the market's heading in this direction certainly helped. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't have you for that much more time. And, uh, you know, there was so much just in there. I would love, you know, if we've got to have you back on because we can talk about things like, you know, like what were the personality types? I'd love to like double click in terms of what was actually happening there. What was, what were people sort of picking up on in terms of how their, how the relationships were changing in San Francisco specifically, you know, it'd be so interesting just to double click because I think everybody's looking for the seed. Everybody's looking for the proof that moves from, from theoretical to sort of actualized and then sort of a process, putting process on top of that so that it can sort of get into its next phase. But I don't have you for that much time. So why don't we, okay, so let's go into where we're at today. You know, there's been this long evolution, proof, trial, error, but let's double click on the two pillars and just say a little bit more. And then I'd love to hear about your role overseeing it 
and for all of us who want to grow up and be like you when we when we get older you know what what is what does it take for you in terms of evolution what have you been listening to what have you been thinking through what are sort of the struggles some of the things that you've had to learn what have what have you done so let's try to get all of that in over the next 15 15, (laughs) 20 minutes but yeah bring us to the pillars here and sort of sure how did you land on the pillars double click a little bit on that that that'd be great and you're calling me old ben first of all (laughs) so i will i will leave that aside um but (laughs) we'll we'll sort that out we'll sort that out later (laughs) we we will sort that out later um so where we are two years in we we have 15 team members sitting in london san francisco and hong kong looking after our strategic markets so the entire what we call the Bird and Bird Plus program, pitch alumni, which moved wow. under under us a couple of years ago, um, multipliers, and as I said, the the corporate and employment practice groups. But I think the more exciting thing for me is that we have really embedded this in our global business development team. So, so many of the business development team that sit within other practices and sectors that are not part of my direct team. Are have taken opportunities to get involved in sales training with the lawyers, to run uh, client relationship, client account management for certain relationships with a real growth mindset, some multiplier relationships. They've just really, really taken this on board. They frequently say to to partners, "Hey, you know, we've worked on this pitch. Can I can I come? And hey, I could talk about this. And this is the value that I can add." And I think it's been a real differentiator for Bird and Bird in the market. I I see it when we're recruiting. I think it really makes law firm business development a desirable and exciting career option. And I can see that when we can offer people some of this in terms of their own career development and what the day-to-day is, that, that that's really exciting and we get some fantastic candidates. So I think to me, when I look back over the last two years, the fact that this has become so embedded in the way we work as an international MBD team. And actually the M part of that is important too, because the the marketing team have really, you know, hooked onto this and they think a lot about our client approach and how that can help engage the the lawyers and, and really help with the sales process. So that's exciting. We have worked a lot on process to, to make our activities easier to try to facilitate not just the sales, but also the tracking and and really try to show some of that great ROI. So I think that to me is really exciting. I think having more and more partners reach out to us to say, you know, what is this and can we talk about it? And wanting to work with us, starting to do some of this sort of sales and BD coaching with, with lots of our lawyers, that mindset shift, that's really exciting to me. So we, I think another thing that sort of looking at two years, you know, where, where have we gotten to? I think when, when we originally started it, our learning and development program was very fragmented. So lots of in, uh, jurisdictions were using individual providers. And I think it is important because there are reasons to do that. But I think now BD have a, have a real, have oversight and input into our global uh, business development curriculum. 
And most of the providers that we work with do so in a really collaborative way. So most of our BD training has, if they have an external, there's still a bird and bird BD person there. And I just think that's so important. It's so important for our team to get to meet some of these providers and to upskill, but also for them to be positioned in the business and with the partners, as, as I said before, as subject matter experts. So the fact that now that's just how we do it at bird and bird, I think is, is really exciting. And I think the next bit that I sort of think about is where we're going, which is, wow. I think, so one of the funny things about my team that people always say, how do you guys do it? Is that we all have BD day jobs. So we have not offloaded the right. pitching and the directories yes. and the yes. events and right. the marketing. Right. We do try to have a more sales focus to that, to really okay. say, if this doesn't meet a sales objective, you know, why are we doing it? And try to, to limit that activity. But we don't have dedicated salespeople. We don't have people who are sort of only doing the client-facing side of BD. So I think given that, right. yeah. we, I think we are in a really good place in terms of the BD team. And now the focus is really on deploying that sales mindset to the partnership. So we have a new ish CEO. So he's been in role for over a year, but for the firm, this is a departure because our previous CEO is in role for over 26 years. So with the new CEO, Christian Barch coming on board at this year's partners retreat, he unveiled the firm's ambitious new five-year strategy. And it's a really, it's a unifying strategy for the whole firm to really get behind. And I think I'm excited about helping the partners achieve the objectives of that strategy using what we've learned by building up the sales team over the past two years. So to me, that's sort of the next challenge and sort of the next thing for us to latch onto. Yeah. You yeah. asked me a little bit about sort of my role in this and, and I think um, it is, you mentioned sort of almost like a startup before, right? And I, mm. and I think it, it feels like my baby in a way. It feels like, you know, my something that I've sort of proposed. And so there have been lots of ups and downs. And I think for me, feeling those highs, feeling, seeing the team succeed, watching them bring in work and watching the lawyers use the BD team in a much more strategic way, that's so exciting. But of course, there have also been times when something hasn't worked. And I think it's hard when you've built it not to take that very personally and, and have that be a setback. So I think focusing on my own resilience, uh -huh. focusing on, you know what, we tried it and it didn't work and that's okay. And that is so hard in a law firm. So really being open to trying things and to, to, to stopping stuff that doesn't work and to, to moving on quite quickly. Um, and then I think the other thing for me is that I have needed to find some other like-minded people who do this to get support. So Again, we, I always talk a lot about Lasso because they are, they've been really, really important to me. And I've met two mentors there where I was super cheesy and just said, you know, will you mentor me? Because I think you're amazing. And I have found their guidance and help and support absolutely, um, you know, just, just instrumental. I think you've got to have that. So, you know, that's sort of how I, how I make it work, Ben. <laughs> amazing. I, um, you know, the ups and downs and the resilience that's that's such a good you know call out because at the end of the day it's it's um i mean again to be cheesy it's like it's not what happens to you it's how you what you do after you know basically and yeah. um, i think a lot of us who um 
when you try something new, inevitably it's not going to work in, in the theoretical way. And that environment within law firms can be really, really difficult. But just kudos to you for sort of like, you obviously developing that and having the self-awareness. I think that's one of the things when you try something new, you, you really have to get to that point. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically maybe a little bit about the team. And we're just going to sort of wrap up. And um, I want you to call out some, some interesting things about what's happening next. Tell us a little bit about the firm and uh, things that we should be paying out attention to, but I want to double click on the idea of the actual team that you're, uh, that, that, that you're, that you mentioned, you know, you mentioned how you were able to sort of try to cultivate the next type of people that were really going to be successful in this role. Do you want to just say a little bit about coaching both BD notoriously has a BD coaching element for the lawyers, of course, and we hear a lot about you know picking picking the right caliber in terms of the uh, in terms of the lawyers, but it's also about the BD people who can thrive in a certain type of environment. Do you just want to say a little bit about one helping them transition into a law firm environment, and then second, how you as a leader sort of have to interface in the context of this other situation, which is it's me and you and us, and then the lawyers, and then, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of relationships to sort yeah. of manage in that. So what's the character of people, you know, if I was, if I was in your position and trying to get there, you know, who, who are the people that I'm looking out for? What, what type of people? I bet they have resilience. That's one thing. I bet, you know, what's, what's the next thing that you feel like is, is important for that? Absolutely. And Ben, there's a lot to unpick in there. That's, that's a great, we could probably have a podcast just on that question. That, that's a really good one. I, I think before I answer it, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that a huge part of this being successful and also really fun for me personally is that the team that I work with, so my CMO, my co-head of business development, so um, looking after the practice and sector side of business development, our head of our client team, our head of our marketing team, they're absolutely incredible. And they have been so supportive and they are really collaborative, really innovative. Have I gotten it right this time? I hope I have. And, and <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just do innovative. Just to, Thank just, you. Just shout out. What's up, USA? There so we go. They're, they're, all, they're all pushing the envelope in their own areas with the things that, that they're yeah. trying to accomplish. And I think yeah. that I say it all the time, but they just make it fun and having that kind of support from, from a team. So it is absolutely a team effort which then the second sort of shout out is to my team because they are absolutely incredible. They work hard. They love what they do. Um, they're so passionate. And you you were saying, you know, what are some of the characteristics? They are resilient. They are absolutely resilient. They are persistent and not pushy because that always, right. there's a funny thing with sales, isn't it? But they are persistent and they they really know that in the to get into that sales mindset. It's a numbers game. It's not personal. People are busy. You've just got to keep going. And sometimes that's internally with the stuff that we need to get from the lawyers that we work with before we can go to market. And they just do such an incredible job with that. I think they do tend to be optimistic and enthusiastic. And that doesn't mean extroverted, which I always think is a bit of a funny one because I'm quite a natural extrovert and a few people on the team have that model. But as the team has grown, I've seen people who are more introverted, but who still have that optimism and that enthusiasm and that persistence, but just in a more introverted way. And I think I've also learned a lot about how that approach can be really effective and how sometimes the way I approach it being much more extroverted doesn't necessarily need to be the approach. So, so that's been quite interesting. So I think 
where I have seen people thrive, it tends to be people that have been in the legal industry in some way, shape or form. We do have yeah, a lot of right. either reformed lawyers or reformed law students who are joining the team because I think it's an exciting career path for for people who love the law but have decided that the practicing of it isn't where their passion lies and, and actually it's the business of it. And I think that helping them to, 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 or putting them in an environment, let's say, where they can really flex their client facing skills and their strategic business development skills, that's when we see people really thrive. So I think it, it, we will still look, we, and we will always continue to look into other industries for, for team members, um, and to bring talent in that way. But I think it's harder. And I think where I really see people thrive is where people have been in legal, but this is something new and exciting and intellectually challenging and satisfying. It's really satisfying. So um, I'm, I'm helping a, a partner on a, a business development trip. And we we landed an introduction this morning from you know an outreach that I did, and I was sort of running around the room doing like, like, yeah, we got it. And it's like, that's the bit, right? That's the bit. That's why we do it. We absolutely love it. And you've got to have a little bit of that, like just the sales instinct. Like when you get it, it feels great. And, and, you know, I think the people in my team, like ultimately they love the win. Yes. I hear you. I, um, you know, Simon Sinek, everybody knows that, 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 that business guy, um, he's always talking about starting with the why, right. And, um, and I'm going to get to my question just to see if, if I'm on the mark here, Simon Sinek just, I like Simon Sinek, but you know he took that whole why thing from an old dead German philosopher named uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, which said like, with a big enough why, any how is possible. And what I find a lot in, especially as we're talking about innovation within the business of law, and just to echo your point, is this idea that they, people who tend to thrive here, have a big why, and that why comes back to you know we there's something happening within the whole context of the business of law. And because of that, I'm willing to almost go through any how, because I want to be part of whatever is coming next. And yes, you winning is great, but I feel like winning is even a byproduct of something deeper, which is in, in, you know, excited to see change happen in some form or fashion. So do you feel like that is maybe at the deepest, maybe even the subconscious deep why, which is, which is I can be instrumental because of where I'm coming from, because I had a background in this, but that's my why. I'm leading with why. What do you think about that? I, I think that that sort of deep feeling is because people can sense that the market is changing mm, and right. there's an opportunity to use a different approach to, to, yeah. do some, to, to get those results. And to be part of that, as you said, it feels it feels exciting. So I think all of us who work in this space can see, you know, there is so much more competition, not just from law firms, alternative legal service providers, big four, but even just the competition from the way how technology is changing the way we do legal work. So we have to constantly be thinking about that and how can we differentiate um, in in the market that's almost being eroded <laughs> as we speak. And I think this is such an exciting opportunity to, to switch that up and to use sales skills that other businesses have been using for a long time. So that's what always is slightly funny about this is that bringing sales concepts, we're not bringing novel sales concepts. These are just sales concepts, basic ones that other industries have been using for a long time, but we're bringing it into the legal context. And I think 
lawyers don't go to law school to become salespeople. There is still something inherent where I think they they just think, oh, that is that is that my job? And it is really exciting to see them start to embrace that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But from a BD perspective, I think being part of that change, that that sort of right. precipice we're sitting on where we see both our ability to go out and help the lawyers win work and to bring those leads in and also to help the lawyers do that themselves and to kind of turn that sales brain on. Yeah. F- feeling like you're part of that. That is exciting. Oh, so- sounds so innovative, doesn't it? Uh, we're really. <laughs> you're going to edit out every time I've said that word on this podcast. That is our, that's our deal, right? <laughs> that's our deal. Absolutely. Well, there was another deal, which is I promised to get you out of here in some good period of time. You have been so gracious with us today. I want to give you some time just to call out what's exciting uh, in terms of the next six months. Uh, professionally, personally, you know, you can go anywhere. Tell us a little bit about what we should be looking out for. Again, that's a, that's a big one, professionally and personally. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, I can sort of mention, because Lasso seems to be the theme that's coming up. So we've got a, a Lasso rain dance in Boston in June. So I will hopefully be heading there, which is exciting. I also use exciting too much. So again, between exciting and innovative, um, this is just, I need, a, I need to work on my vocabulary. Perhaps that should have been my New Year's <laughs> resolution. Um, I think on the professional front, I did mention our five-year strategy. I think um, for the firm, this is a really interesting time to put those plans together. I think BD is going to have a big part in that. I am excited to be working on that. And I think um, there's a real opportunity for us to to grow, to grow into new markets, to grow certain client relationships. So I think in terms of Bird and Bird, definitely a, a, a great time for the firm. And, and we're all really happy to be part of that. And then I guess the, the last piece is something I alluded to in the last response is I think it is quite an interesting time in terms of thinking about how the change of the practice of law and this rapid, rapid change that's happening and trying to think a little bit about how we position ourselves. Again, this is in our firm DNA. We absolutely love tech. We work with all of our clients are in this space. So for us, this is something we really need to to bring on board and to embrace. And the firm is already doing that a lot. So I think, again, that's something I'm really keen to see where that goes. And then how can I sell it? We love it. We're going to end on that. Rhea Blakely Glover, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We will 100% have you back very, very soon. Um, and thanks for everybody else for listening in. This is a, another This Legal Life podcast. If you like this, please like, subscribe, all of that so that we know we get feedback in terms of what you guys like to listen to. And um, yes, thank you so much. We appreciate you very much. Thanks, everybody. Take thank care. you very much, Ben. Bye-bye. Thank you.